Hi, this is Pastor Rick. Welcome to On Demand. Today, our key word is consistency. You know, being consistent under pressure is a real challenge. In Acts chapter 4, we see the disciples face a challenging moment that really reveals a lot. They've led a guy to a great healing in chapter 3, and now they're being challenged, and there is pressure everywhere. How do you live under pressure when it's consistent? How do you manage those moments when it's difficult? I want to show you today how these guys lived under fire and stood strong. Learn how to be consistent. Let me tell you something, my friend. If you really want to win in life, this is a lesson you don't want to miss. It will help you do better. Stay right there and listen to this message on consistency under pressure. Stay there. I like the word that we're going to talk about today. The word is consistency. That one big word, consistency. And I want to ask you, how consistent are you? Are you reliable? Can you be trusted? It's so easy to, to be hit and miss, up and down, in and out, here and not here. In the book of Acts chapter 3, there's a story about a lame man. The guy had been going to this one place, and we talked about him last week, for 40 years. 40 consistent years. And I don't know exactly what age he started, but I'm assuming around his young, young years when he was able to sit up and, and, and beg, and begging was his profession. For 40 years, this guy had been in one place, and you would think that his age, after 40 years, would doom him to this life forever. But, but then this encounter happens where Peter comes by, the guy asks for money, and Peter says, silver and gold, I have I none? Famous verse, right? And Peter says, but I do have one thing I can introduce you to. I can pray for you. So he prayed for him, and then he, he's healed. He's healed. Gets up and walks. It's an amazing story. In chapter 4, there is a backlash. The backlash is these guys are now seeing scores of people come to God. Priests, leaders, it's just massive exodus of the Jewish faith to the Christian faith. And so in chapter 4, you, if you read the first part of the chapter, there is a lot of concern. And so they dragged Peter and, uh, and uh, the other disciple off and said, you know, they, they began to uh, threaten them. And they began to say, you've got to stop preaching in this name. You've got to stop, stop, stop. And that was what they wanted, period. And the response of Peter is a sign of maturity. It's a real bold response. But it's also going to show us what mature people don't do. There are certain things they try to avoid, traps in the ways that they're tempted to think. And I'm telling you, as I age, I see it. I see the traps. They're, they're thinking traps. I have this habit of studying ahead of my season. So when I knew that I was getting into my 60s, I started reading about 60s, 70s. I try to read like 10, 20 years ahead so that I understand what happens. And there are books I've been reading about um, retirement thinking, about senior thinking. And there are just certain ways that seniors think I'll give you one little quick hint thing I've learned watching. They don't plan for being older. They often don't have a, a financial strategy for being older. They don't have an emotional strategy. They don't have relationship strategies. They just kind of let themselves get old and they have nothing, nobody. They're just kind of lost. And they think their kids can fill in the gap and their kids are trying to live their life. And so you have to find a way to be happy yourself. And as I age, I'm looking forward to that. I'm planning strategies, new business ideas. Oh, yeah, entrepreneurial plans. I got all kinds of stuff I'm working on because I believe that you have to age with wisdom. So anyway, so this, this story 
is one of a guy who was 40 years old, been in this thing for a long time, but he was giving all he had to it. And you'll see as I get to the sermon here how all this fits together. So there's two major areas I want you to think about. One is I want you to see how they acted under pressure. And then two, I want you to see how they avoided some of the lies that come with life. They were mature enough to identify those lies. And all of this, remember now, is tied to one story. It starts from chapter three to chapter four. Put it all together. Matter of fact, when you read it, read it together. Read chapter three and chapter four consistently and you'll get the flow of the story. And in this moment of, of challenge, look at the boldness of these men. I can't say this enough. If I want to know what you're like, this reveals that. Some of you during your this season of challenge here, you have really shown how disconnected you are from reality, technology, from the world around you. There are a lot of things you're learning. Let me show you how these guys responded and how they connected under pressure. Chapter four of Acts, verse eight. Then Peter, this is after they threatened him, right? Peter, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, the rulers and the elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is the, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Now, I want to say this for a minute. I'm a real open-minded person. And I know some of you watching me may not be a Christian. And I understand that. But you say you believe in the Bible. Well, if you believe in the Bible, here's what he said. It's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. This, this is the foundation of Scripture. It's the key to us. The Bible says in the New Testament, knowing God. And I'm not saying you don't know God. Okay? I'm not saying God doesn't hear you. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying to you, this is the gospel that was preached first in Acts chapter four to make clear this guy that's healed was healed by the name of Jesus. That's the message. That's where the pressure starts. The pressure rose when they taught that. And you'll see that later on in our study. But they were consistently preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is why I preach what I preach. I'm committed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm committed to telling people that that's the answer. That, that's what gave me everything I have. I don't know how you got to where you are, but what gave me peace of mind, what gave me healing in my life, what fixed my marriage, what helped me with my kids, what helped me with my resources, it's because I call upon the one who died on the cross for me, Jesus Christ. Now, having said that, let me show you the next thing that happened. Watch this, verse verse. Um, 18. Then they called them in again, commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. They wanted them to stop all this. Verse 19. Then Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After this, they let them go. They let them go. Why? Because they could, not they could not decide how to punish them. Because all the people were praising God for what had happened. They saw the guy, they, could, they had to praise God. This guy was, he could, you know, there's something about this moment 
it can't be argued, the transformation of a life. For the man who was miraculously healed was there for 40 years in this condition. That's what it says. 40 years. You know, something you just can't argue about. Here's what I believe is true. If there's a real transformation in your life, it's obvious. Here's my problem. Here's the concern I have. <laughs> I don't know that as a church, and, and, and we're always, not just our church, just as Christians sometimes, that people really see a miracle. I mean, when they look at you, is there an undeniable change, an undeniable move of God in your life that cannot be denied? You couldn't deny this guy was, was lame. He couldn't walk. He's paralyzed for 40 years. They saw him. He's laying at the gate. They, Peter saw him. Everybody saw him 40 years. This is not something you can dispute. When there is a bona fide change in your life, a real change in your attitude, Jesus said this way, you're the light of the world set up on a hill that cannot be hidden. If there's an obvious miraculous change, it affects people. They go, wow, man, they're not like that. They used to cuss me out. They're not like that anymore. There's something about seeing somebody who really changes. So this guy, he's walking around, he's leaping, he's dancing. It's like, okay, this is the guy. This, hey, hey, man, wow, what happened to you? It's obvious. That's what makes the difference. Not, hear me, hear me carefully, big long church services, long dancing moves, uh, you know, Holy Ghost bobbing. None of that is really like miraculous. Not really. It's when they see you healed. It's when they see something in your life really change. So here's a question. What has really changed in you? I mean, for real, would your kids say you're changed? Would your parents say you changed? Would your employees or employers say you changed? What about you has changed? What has been healed in you that was broken? See, I really believe God's in the, in the healing business. This story is all about a guy who for 40 years could have, could have, because of his age, given up. And if he had given up, that would have been a lie, which brings me to the second part of the sermon. I want to show you, if I can, some things that are important here. Four things that mature people look out for. Notice their mature response under pressure. Notice how consistent they are under pressure. And now notice the lies that we learn from this story not to believe. Number one, lies about our age. <laughs> God is unhindered by age. I don't care how long you've been bound by a problem. I don't care how old you are. And I just get almost turned off by this age fear thing, you know, say your age, stand up, declare, you know, you, you could be dead. Thank God for your age. You know, just say, thank God. And then catch this now, understand God always moved in the lives of older people. Abraham and Sarah, 75 years old, when they started trying to have children. There you go. Now that's the time to start, 75. Hey girl, let's, let's get it going. It's about that time, you know. <laughs> no, at 75, it's time to stop trying, I would guess. And then they went 25 years, long time, to try. And if you understand how this all works, every 30 days you're checking, right? <laughs> 25 years of checking. Did you know how many times that would be? I never added that up. Hmm. Let me see. This is high, high end talk, okay? Ready? Hang with me. 25 times. Right? 12. Wow. That means. 300 times. Barbara Ramsey, 25 years, 12 months a year. You check 12 times a year, 300 times. Whoo, good God, I gotta do that again. Hold on. 25 years, 
times 12. 300 times. Wow. I need, I need to sit on that one. Let me think about that. Abraham and Sarah were told they were going to have a child in Genesis chapter 12. And it took all the way until they were 100. That's 25 years. And they were asking every month to make sure to see if this is the month that's going to happen. Now, if you understand how all this works, right, then you, 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 you're tracking with me. 300 times. Wow. And it wasn't until the 299th time that they had a baby. I mean, I, there's something about, well, really, the 300th time. <laughs> 300th time. No, 299 times, yeah, because the baby came, yeah. The baby came in the 25th year, thereabouts, yeah. So that's a lot. But they were consistent. Do you believe the lies about age? This 40-year-old guy, you know, somewhere in the back of his mind, as I said last week, I think this was a guy who was hoping something could happen, and when he saw the opportunity, Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. And he raised his hand and asked the guy, do you want to be healed? And the guy said, oh, sure. And he reaches up and he walks and it's amazing age. But some of us are so stuck on our age. And it's like, oh, I'm so old. I just, I'm just old. I don't know if God's going to ever do anything. I'm just so old. I just, I'm just, I'm just, can you see? Look at me. Look. Help us. Okay. In the name of Jesus. You're not that old. As a friend of mine who says to me, who's 96, says to me, you're not that old. That's right, Ms. Esther. She's watching, I'm sure, today. She reminds me, you are not old, Mr. Ricky Temple. You think you're old, but you are not old. <laughs> She's got me straight. I'm amazed at how these guys are, are not allowed his age to stop him, and he hasn't allowed his age to stop him. Are you letting your age stop you? Next thing that I think in the story that speaks to me between chapter three, three and chapter four is they don't believe the lies about their life tools. And I want to see this now. So Peter admits, I don't have any gold, I don't have any money, but he uses what he had, his faith. I'm impressed by that. I believe that there's something about this story, there's something about this moment that illustrates people who use what they have until they get what they need. The blame, lame man was a beggar. He used that all he could. Peter used what he had, his faith. And now in chapter four, he's under more pressure. And guess what he's doing? He's using his faith. He's showing his maturity. He steps up and God answers him, protects him. <laughs> there are lies that can come into your life that can make you inconsistent. And one of them is a lie about your age. And another one is a lie about your tools. You don't have enough. Okay, so what if Peter didn't ask the guy about being healed? What if Peter never approached? What if the guy never approached Peter? What if, what if none of this happened? There's something about a verse in Matthew chapter 7 that I just love. Asking shall be asking. You should ask Matthew 7, 7. It's about asking and receiving. Seek, knock, and ask. Ask, knock, and seek. It's when you go to God and say, I'm going to come to you 
And I'm going to ask you to do something. Despite my age, despite my limited tools, I'm going to be mature and trust you. It takes great maturity to do this. It takes great confidence to say, God, I, I get it. I realize that my life cannot be tied to fear. This is a miracle. And all the guys know it. Here's the third thing that I think is impressive. They don't believe, they didn't believe the lies about their level of response. Um, are you comparing, competing rather with God um, when you're approached? Um, I, I, like, I like the fact that they, these are not guys who are, let me, let me say it another way, because uh, I want to make sure you got that. Lies about their level of response. Are you cooperating with God when you are approached? I want you to notice this. There's something about a level of response that you give. The quickness of the guy reaching his hand out to Peter. The quickness of Peter responding to the people when he was threatened. Notice the maturity. Notice the level of response. Notice um, the guy stood up right away and Peter spoke up right away. Catch the two. Two guys, two different stories, two different moments. The lame man in chapter three responded his 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 level of response. And I, I really believe that this is like really important. He didn't he, he wasn't slow. Some of us are too slow. So I want to make sure you get it. it it's 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 lies about their, their level of response. In other words, some people think I can respond slow and I'll get everything that I'm supposed to get. No, 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 no. They, they responded quickly, both of them. Watch, watch the maturity. The lame man responded quickly. And when Peter in chapter four was challenged, he responded quickly. Should I obey God or man? He said, God, you tell me. He didn't back down. He didn't run. He didn't run away. I, I think some of us are too slow. I think some of us are too slow in our response. I often, when I ask people a question about their, um, their lives and their, you know, I, 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 let's say it another way. I, when I say something to them, you know, uh, that they think, oh, boy, that's profound. God's really speaking through you. And then I watch their response time. It's like, I heard that. Give me about a year to think about it. He would have never walked. The layman would have never walked. Peter, in that moment, when he was challenged and told to stop speaking in this name, Peter could have just cowered in, but he didn't. He didn't. He didn't take. He didn't take a long time to go. Well, let me see how long before I respond. No, it was, it was quick. That's a sign of maturity. You should already know what you're not going to do. You should already know what you're not going to say yes to. You should. You should already have decided. I like this lame guy. I like him a lot. From chapter three, I like. I like his spontaneity. I like his willingness to get in it. I like that about it. And I, I want to be like that. Whatever's broken in me, when God shows me a way to get healed, I want to step into it. If it's a job or if it's an opportunity or if it's a, if, whatever it is, I want to step into it right now. When I'm threatened like Peter was, I don't want to cower back. I want to step into it right then. I don't, I don't want to run. I want to be mature. I want to sound mature, sound confident. I don't know why you've, you know, some of us, we sound so wimpy all the time. 
Well, I don't know if I can get healed or not. Why you are you? You know I can't walk, boy. Why are you asking me to? All all of that would have discounted everything. Everything. Just tell you a quick story. First time I was on television, um, <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know how I was going to do TV at all. I I just it came to my mind, you know, one day. The, I believe God just brought it to my mind. You need to get on television. Now, I didn't, have, I didn't know how to get on TV. I'd never been on television day in my life, ever, ever. So what I did was I, I, I got the yellow pages out, the yellow pages, you know, these big phone book, and I opened it up to TV. That's exactly what I did. I didn't, that's, that's all I knew to do. I, and so, <laughs> so excuse my, my hiccup there, but I, I'm getting so annoyed I'm hiccuping. But I remember, I, 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 man, I... I, I was like, wow, TV. So I just started looking up camera, TV cameras. So I looked up cameras in the yellow pages and I was calling around and said, you have any cameras, TV cameras? Now this is kind of dumb because it's like, okay, if you find one, what are you gonna do with it? Tape yourself? I don't know. So one guy I called, he said, can I ask you a question? What are you trying to do? I said, well, I'm trying to tape a TV show. And I, 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 I'm trying to find cameras that I can buy to do that. And he says, you know, what you probably should do is call the local cable people who, who record people and they do community service stuff. You're a pastor, right? Yeah, he said, so I called them. And then I, when I called down there and I said, hey, I heard you guys tape people or something like that. He said, yeah, and they connected me to the TV department. And I don't know if Wayne Nix was his name, by the way. If he's watching, hey, Wayne, how are you, buddy? Wayne Nix was the guy. And Wayne Nix answered the phone, and Wayne Nix said to me, can I help you? I said, well, hi, my name is Ricky Temple, and I want to do, I want to do uh, uh, a TV program. And he said to me, he said, well, you know, we do that for the community. That was part of what their arrangement was when they first got the license to be in, in, in the city of Savannah here in Chatham County. So they, they had to do community, ta you know, tape community programming for free. So I asked Wayne, I said, well, uh, how much does it cost? He says, nothing. What, 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 what's the name of your program? I made it up on the spot. I said, oh, the Word Alive broadcast. The Word Alive. The Word of God alive quicker than any two-edged sword. Right there on the spot. And then he said, come down and, and, and we'll tape. And he told me today. And I went down there and he had a little set made up for me, you know, a little, hurt, little curtain. And I, I, I'd never been on TV, ever, never. My wife went with me and she sat right there, right there on the right side. And she said... She said to me, she looked at me, and she said, what are you going to do? I said, they don't know I haven't been on television. So I'm going to just fake it. And I did. Hi, this is Pastor Ricky Temple. Welcome today to the Word of Life broadcast. Today we're going to talk about how to survive challenging times, James chapter 1. And I started just like that. Here's the point. Here's the point. If I waited, if I didn't reach up, if I didn't try, I wouldn't be here today. And one thing led to another, led to another, led to another. You see, that, my friend, is the power of consistency. Try something. Do something. Move. One leg in front of the other, please. I've been talking long enough. Time for you to be consistent. And so as you go, God guides you. Last thing for today. They didn't fall into the lies about 
long-term temptations. They didn't, they didn't fall into what I call the lies about their long-term temptations or their long-term. You know, there's, there's a temptation to think, I'll never get out of this. The lame guy could have said it. You know, I'm long, uh, can't walk. I'm going to be here lame for the rest of my life. But he didn't do that. He didn't fall in that trap. The, the, the lame man didn't believe in that moment that he had to be a beggar for the rest of his life. In that moment when God gave him the opportunity, he stepped into it. When God gave me the opportunity to do television, do media, I stepped into it. I'd never done radio. I'd never done a lot of things. I'd never done. You don't have to. Don't fall into this long-term temptation to believe you can't have any more than what you got. I believe that the living God can give you more than you have. The living God can give you more resources. The living God can lift your life up. I believe God can bring love in your life, joy in your life, peace in your life. God can give you the things you desire, but you got to get going, my friend. You got to keep moving and you got to give him something to work with. And what that guy gave Jesus that day, what God, what that guy, what that guy gave Peter rather was faith. He reached up and he tried. What God gave Peter that day was the courage to speak up. He spoke up. Some of you need to speak up. Maturity. Man. But here's the trap. You can't lie. If you lie to yourself, you mess up everything. And so here's what I believe. One of the biggest sins among Christians is lying. We lie to ourselves all the time. We hide behind the Bible, hide behind the pulpit, and we don't tell the truth. What's not true? What are you not telling the truth about? I'll talk about that next time we gather. I got more to say. Acts chapter five. Join me next time. Let's pray. Father, let this be a moment of healing, blessing, strength and courage. Help us, oh God, rise above inconsistency in our life. Help us be more consistent. Clean up the mess. Get up. Try. Be more reliable in our businesses. Do what we're supposed to do. Keep our word. Don't lie to ourselves. Oh, God, I pray in Jesus name. If there's anybody here that hasn't given their life to Jesus, may this be the moment they say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Let this be the moment they say, I get it. I'm connected. I'm clear. And Father, may this be a transforming, healing moment of deliverance for your people. And may they say, Lord, come into my life. Let this be that transforming moment. And may from this moment forth, they be consistent in their obedience and surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I pray you were blessed by that today. I hope it challenged you to be mature and consistent. This sermon is all about that. It's about a guy under pressure. He's 40 years old and God steps in and does something for him because he consistently went to one place and tried to do the best he could with what he had. Peter took his tools. He didn't have silver, didn't have gold, but he came and he helped. This is a study that should inspire you to be consistent. I believe God helps those who keep trying. So let me pray for you. Father, let this be a, a moment where you challenge us to reevaluate our consistency in our life. Look at the things, oh God, help us look at the things we need to look at and be honest about them. We all have to grow. We all have to mature in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for allowing me to share a word with you. I'll see you next time. I have more to say about maturity. It demands some things from you. And I promise you it pays great dividends in the end. See you next time. Bye bye.